It was about this time last year where Smitty was ready to sack coaches and it looks like he's ready to do it again. Who is on the hot seat and which coaches might be looking for another job if things do not go to plan this year? That is what we are talking about. The second annual traditional coaches hot seat. It is here and we are ready to go. Well, more than we are ready to go. Smithy is ready to go. How are you, mate? I'm good. Thank you, my friend. And, uh, is it weird that I look forward to this episode because it's a, a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a morbid subject considering we're talking about uh, coaches losing their jobs? But uh, I was better than fifty percent last year. Mm. We've all got sociopathic tendencies. This could just be one of yours. So yeah, okay. so there are uh, worse sociopathic re- tendencies to have. I think. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. And look, a lot of these coaches are here for a reason. So mm. I'm just looking at it uh, subject subjectively. Well, let's go through the coaches that you went on that you put on the hot seat last year and whether yep. they're still here or not, um, whether you whiffed, whether you got it right, whether you smashed it. Uh, remind the people. Yeah, so I'll go in uh, ascending order. So from least likely to lose their job to most likely. Mm-hmm. At five, I had Cliff Kingsbury of the Cardinals who got a contract extension over the offseason, but... Let's let's be honest. There was a little bit of talk there that uh, he might be at the door once the Cardinals sort of fell off their cliff. Well, uh, I'll do the puns from now, mate. I think, <laughs> I think I'll stick. I'll stick to the comedy. You stick to the analysis. Even though I reckon I made that joke eight times last year, but yeah, I think up until even two weeks before his extension, there was still talk. So. Yeah, the contract extension where people might say you were really, really wrong, but I think those in the know would say that you're probably a bit stiff, but fingers crossed there were better calls than that one and Arizona have really made a really good decision or they're stuck for the next two years. Can't wait to find out. Yeah, well, that's true. They've they've sort of tied themselves to him now, so uh, it's time for him to step up and show why he got that job considering his record at Texas Tech wasn't that great. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't. All right, who did you have next? Uh, next side of Mike Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings, who we Ding! now know to have been moved on. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one one correct and one incorrect to start. I was never really high on the Vikings, and I, there's something about the Vikings that deep down really frustrates me because you see that they have so much talent, mm. but it seems like they can just never capitalize on it. So. Uh, I, th- I thought they needed a change in coach and quarterback. I got one of those two things, and it's going to be interesting to see how they go this year under the new tutelage. Well, as someone that has picked them to win their division, I feel like I'm going to join you on Frustration Island for the entirety of this year, so I can't wait for that. But that's one for two, mate. That's a decent start. Who do you have next? Next was Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys, who did not enjoy a successful first season in the job um, and recognizing the Cowboys uh, need for success. I had him on the hot seat. They had a really good regular season finishing 12 and five, but crashed and burnt in the first round of the playoffs. So um, there was also rumors about Mike Mack and who knows, he might even feature in this year's rendition as a, as a dual nominee for a hot seat. How's that for a tease? That's what you want, but let's be honest. It's actually, it's becoming a meme, I think, him there now. So whether it's, I think it's entertainment, whether he's there or whether he's not. So um, I know TD wasn't really high on the Cowboys, even when they were going through the NFC East teams like they were 
well, essentially boys v men, wasn't it, at times yeah, last yeah. year? So um, justified selection, even if it didn't go your way. Number two? Number two, I had John Gruden of the Las oh. Vegas Raiders. Well, you didn't now, pick, well, you picked it, but you didn't pick it. Is that a fair I, statement? Yeah, I picked it, so I'm going to take the, the credit for it. But Ding. there's an asterisk because it wasn't <laughs> for the reasons... It wasn't for the reasons that I thought it might have been. Uh, the Raiders were actually quite good last year. But uh, he. the fact of the matter is he's no longer in the job, and I predicted that to be true. So uh, I deserve a little bit of credit. <laughs> it's, the, it's the equivalent of being at a wedding thinking, I don't think this is going to last, and that's because they have a frigging car crash on the way to the honeymoon. It's, you picked it, but you didn't <laughs> pick it, let's be honest. Well, you still get the dig, mate. Two for four. Who did you have as well? Anyone that has listened to you talk at some point last year can pick this. I haven't watched the episode back or spoken to you about it, and I know who this is, and you got your wish for number one. Yeah, it was Matt Nagy of the Chicago Bears. Um, I pleaded for it. I started a a public appeal, a, a PSA to anyone with any emotional investment to the Chicago Bears to... Uh, hope that this happened and it ended up happening. So um, yeah, obviously quite excited for the Chicago bears this year, just to see what's going to change with the coaching change. But um, yeah, three or five, I think that's a tick. Uh, that's definitely a tick, mate. I think you've undersold how much you wanted Nagy out of the building. You did everything, but start a Kickstarter for a plane ticket out of there. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was, uh, I was pretty strong on it. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Were. All right. So they're the coaches last year, a couple surviving. We've got five to get through the same least likely to move on to most likely. Uh, I hope because we didn't really talk a lot in the preparation part, but I'm assuming you're going with the same format. Who have you got at number five and why? Yeah, nah, spot on there. Uh, at number five, number five and number four, because before I start, I'll just put this out there. I found this year a lot more difficult than last year. There's a lot of first-year head coaches who I don't consider to be in danger of losing their job. And there's also a lot of good teams in the NFL this year. So I found it hard to sort of, nail it down but with this pick i'm going for a team that finished with a winning record last year okay but the expectation on them this year is huge and i disagreed with quite a few things that this coach did at the end of last year his name's brandon staley of the los angeles Chargers. (laughs) on the hot seat on the hot seat now when you look at that roster it's fair to say they're they're going all in. They traded for Khalil Mack. They gave JC Jackson a huge contract. They really went out during the off season and did everything they could to make themselves as good as possible to make a run at it. Mm-hmm. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They did not. And I think in a division that is touted to be as elite as what this division is touted to be, with obviously the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Raiders all getting, well, the Broncos and Raiders getting significantly better and the Chiefs being the Chiefs. Mm. I feel like there is room for the Chargers to crash and burn this year. Oh, boy. 
there was times last year where I thought Brandon Staley coached recklessly, um, such as going for fourth downs on their 15-yard line in the second quarter mm. when it's a fourth and seven. You know, I, th- I think back to, uh, I think it was the Cincinnati Bengals game and they were down in the second quarter. It was fourth and eight on their 15-yard line. They went for it, missed Cincinnati score, game over. So I think there was times where I really disagreed with what he was doing. And then you go to the week 18 game against Las Vegas. Mm. If they tie, they make the playoffs and he's calling timeouts to try and win the game. So I thought that was really, really silly and really reckless. And I feel like the Chargers are at a stage where if they underperform this year, they're going to have to change something that's not the roster because they've made the best roster they possibly can. So that that's the reason I have him here. Okay. So probably one for expectation more than skill set. I remember the fourth and Staley memes that were coming out thick and fast last year. I have some emotional yeah. investment in the Chargers, even though I'm not a fan because it was like the first prediction I ever made on this show was they'd win one of the next three Super Bowls and Long story short, we've already had one. So I hope he figures it out quickly. It's a really interesting one. I yeah. like it. Who's number four? Similar to the last one. If you look at this guy's record, mm-hmm. you're going to think, why is he on this list, Smitty? Okay. But I'm going to explain. Mm-hmm. It's Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers. And okay. Daz has just given me a funny look. But this is why. Mm. They re-signed Aaron Rodgers. So he's locked in. Mm-hmm. It's been reported that Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur don't have the greatest of relationships, that Aaron Rodgers may not respect Matt LaFleur as much as he does other people. They have been bouncing the playoffs two years in a row when they were the one seed in the NFC. So I just feel like if there's another situation where Matt LaFleur cannot take them to a Super Bowl when they're in a position to do so. They're going to move on from him and try and try and tinker a little bit in order to get them to the promised land because they're stuck with Aaron Rodgers now. They signed him to a massive, massive deal. Mm. So he's there to stay. They're not going to drastically change the quarterback. They've signed their defense to long-term deals. I think they're happy with the roster. So the thing that they're going to turn to if it fails again is the coaching. And this, he can have the best regular season record that you want, which he, he does. He has a great regular season record. I'm not mm. denying that at all. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's 26 and six in his two seasons or something like that. Like it's a great record. But as you've said before, and as we've all said it on this podcast, if you're not getting to a Super Bowl, What's the point? Yeah. You'd rather you'd rather be bad than be good in the regular season and then just crash in the playoffs every year. Yeah, you'd rather so, win the Super Bowl and be bad for 10 years than spend 10 seasons in the championship game because it means fuck all. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So obviously the first two could be quite controversial, but I think there's merit behind both of them. And I could genuinely see both of them happening in a world. Well, the the LaFleur one especially is a purely victim of circumstance because I think if they can't get to a Super Bowl, 
I agree with you. The Rogers contract kind of defers blame, whereas I do think he'd have a bit to do with it. Um, and Roger, so I cannot understand a victim of circumstance. That's still a brave call and probably one of those that will uh, bring out the prediction wizard quote that you rolled with a couple of times during last year, mate. That's what makes you the wizard. So who have you got at number three? I've gone back to the well on number three. <laughs> uh, teased it off the top, but it's going to be Mike McCarthy again. Oh, boy. And I personally feel like he was somewhat lucky to keep his job. Mm-hmm. Just considering the way they went through the regular season last year, they were in a bad division. They had a home game against a San Francisco 49ers team that was banged up. They had a chance to win at home and they just couldn't get it done. Mm. So I thought after that game that Mike McCarthy would be on the outer. He's come back. I think the Cowboys have got significantly worse during the off season. They've lost Amari Cooper. They lost Randy Gregory, two big pieces on either side of the ball. Another year into Ezekiel Elliott. I think Philadelphia have got a lot better and I've mm. predicted them to win the division. Yeah. So if the Cowboys go into the postseason and they haven't won the NFC East and they haven't made the playoffs, there's no chance that Mike McCarthy sticks around. His only hope, in my opinion, is that the NFC is probably at its weakest point that it's been at in quite a long time. So there's every chance that they don't win the division, but they still make the playoffs. There's every chance of that. But I think the Cowboys are at a stage, especially with Jerry Jones as the owner, that they want nothing more than success right now. And if he can't deliver that, they'll find someone who can. Well, the question that you got to ask yourself, take Mike McCarthy out of it, is can Dallas win a championship with Jerry Jones in charge? Because I'm, and this is probably the Aussie rules part of my brain that kicks in here, and I know that you can't look at the two things the same. I think Dallas needs a rebuild. I don't think that this topping up system isn't really working for them. Like there's no evidence that tells me that it's working really well. I have faith in Dak. I did not have faith in Dak last year as... Um, we filmed the over-under reaction. I think I was down on the Cowboys, but I was really impressed by Dak. I'm not saying they need to ditch the entire building, but I feel like a more patient owner will be able to get Cowboys a championship quicker than Jerry Jones because, like you said, he's a bit older. He's more experienced. You know he wants to see a Super Bowl before he leaves the earth. We know that. We understand that. I'm not quite sure it's going to happen, which is really morbid to say. But, yeah, whether Mike McCarthy keeps his job or not, you can't deny that it's entertaining because this is America's team and whether they're good or they're bad, they'll forever be relevant. And the funniest thing for me is they've got a coach that can uh, not tell time, which is interesting because, you know, that's fourth grade shit. Or if you played Madden for more than three games, you realize how to time manage for crying out loud. So that's going to be entertaining. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of an important skill to have as a coach is to be able to uh, manage time and manage the clock. So that's not a good sign already. No, not good. All right, number two, I think we're at, mate. Who have you got? This one hurts my heart a little bit, to be honest. Oh, boy. It's going internal. It's Ron Rivera, Washington football team. I look at Ron Rivera with such a glowing outlook, I think. What he did when I first started getting into the NFL, he was the coach of my Carolina Panthers. 
He took us to a Super Bowl. And obviously what he's gone through in his personal life with his bout of cancer and getting over that and still coaching at the same time was just unbelievable. So I don't take any pride in doing this, but when you look at his two years so far in Washington, they're 14 and 19. He was known as a defensive guy with the Panthers came to Washington. They gave him this great defense on paper last year. They ranked bottom five in a lot of defensive categories, such as um, passing yards allowed per game. I think they were bottom eight in points allowed per game. They were one of five teams to allow a QBR of a hundred or more on average throughout the season. So they were a bad defense Mm. and considering they're a defensive orientated roster they've built from the defense and he's a defensive minded coach to have those numbers is not good. I don't think they got much better in the off season at all. They were quite quiet in terms of the grand scheme of the off season. They didn't make any splash recruits during free agency. They were quite quiet in the draft. They took, Jahan Dotson in the first round, who will be their third string receiver. So if he can't turn this defensive unit around and make them at least an above average defense, Mm. they're not going to win enough games to save his job. So I think Ron Rivera is in a little bit of trouble. Is there a braver decision than to put your coaching future into Carson Wentz's hands? Well, no, that's that's when you know you're desperate, to be <laughs> sure. perfectly honest. If if that's your resort at quarterback, mm. it's it's looking shaky for Ron. And just something about Washington, this is like my favorite stat only because look, it's no one's fault, but it's still funny. So if I said to you, Washington Commanders, 1.6 million, what do you think I'm talking about? I don't know. That's a tough one. Have a guess. Last year, have a bit of a think. This is good podcasting. 1.6 1. 1. 1. million, million last year mm-hmm. is what they paid their quarterback. Well, you're kind of close. It's the amount of money Fitzmagic made per throw last year on his, on his oh, 10 million contract, and he made six. So, yeah. uh, good luck to the Fitzmagic. I love the man. But yeah, so from, um, yeah, for Carson Wentz, holy shit. You could probably say if we had a player hot seat, I think Carson Wentz fully sits in that line, but that's not the point in the episode. Uh, number one, could, mate. Who could, is, be a f- mm-hmm. could be a future episode, that. I'm an ideas man, let me tell you. Just <laughs> give it to the analysis, uh, the analysts and just go, this is your fucking problem now. Um, <laughs> who's number one, mate? If you have to put uh, your reputation, your integrity, your dignity on the line, who's not having a role next year? This one was easy for me. And I think... It could be easy for everyone because mm. I feel like he's the only coach coming into this season who is under real heavy scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And it's Matt Rule, Your the man. coach of my team, <laughs> the coach of my Carolina Panthers. Mm. And it's pretty simple. If, if we don't have a winning season, at least he's out the door. It's as simple as that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident on that. Mm. Um, his first season, we finished five and 11. His second season, we finished five and twelve. So, we've regressed in his second season, which isn't a good sign. They gave him the third year, and I'll tell you why. why? Because 
in both of his college coaching jobs, mm-hmm. first it was with Temple and yep. second it was with the Baylor Bears. I've got some win-loss records for you that will point out why we gave him a third year. So in his first year at Temple, it was 2013, mm-hmm. they were 2-10. and 10. So they were terrible. They, yeah, they were a bad good. football team. Not good. Yep. The next year, 2014, they went six and six. So they, you know, they, they improved, but they're still, you know, a bad football team. Yeah. Get to 2015, they go 10 and four and then 10 and three the next year. Oh, the third so year jump. The third year jump was evident. And that that was the basis of his plan was to turn it around by year three. So he goes from Temple to Baylor in 2017, takes over Baylor. Year one, they go one and 11. Ugh. So they, they were horrible. God awful. Yep. Year two, they go seven and six. Mm-hmm. Year three, they go 11 and three. Jesus. So there's two examples of him turning a program from terrible to good within the space of three years. 100%. Yeah. The, the difference with the Panthers is both times in college, they got better in year two. We got worse in year two. Mm. So he's going to have to pull something pretty special out to get us to a winning season. He's got Sam Darnold at quarterback, which is never ideal. Um, I don't think he's proven he's a good coach yet. Mm. And that's what really worries me. And with this young defense that we've built, Management is not going to want to waste that. So if he can't produce a winning season, he's out the door. No question in my mind. Bang, there we go. So three out of five last year without the reasons cap or uh, recap. Sorry, your five this year, mate. And then we can head off. Yep. So my five this year is Brandon Staley, Matt LaFleur, Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, and Matt Rule. Bang, there we go. So we'll keep an eye on that during the year to see if the prediction wizard is able to get, well, essentially another winning season with these predictions, mate. But you can sign us off in your signature style and we'll get out of here. Short, sharp, succinct, the way we like it on TDs and three. The three S's we know and love, mate. Uh, thank you for this. Thank you for listening to this episode. We are flying through this NFL offseason. Mate, Soon enough, we are, we are going to be getting into the real deal, which we cannot wait for. Share with a friend and most importantly, stay safe, everyone.